Three, two, one, go. We're live. This is Retrace, segment number 80 for Tuesday, December 13th, 2022 at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. New time slot. Retrace is about what's going on out there. The short answer is computer control. The long answer to that is natural, artificial, and strategic intelligence. Retrace is for outsiders. Humanity is the best part. But we came to the conclusion that Outsiders are not players in the computer control game, so we're learning to play, maybe learning art- uh, artificial intelligence autodidactically. doesn't matter. Today we're doing a recap, recapping our first pass at artificial intelligence, which is the way I'm thinking about it. Let's just jump right over. If, uh, if the Nor- Russell and Norvig definition of or, or phenomenon uh, that's at the center of artificial intelligence is intelligent agents, and our phenomenon at the center of strategic intelligence is intelligence agents, including agencies, government, and otherwise, then maybe what we were groping at here at uh, RE6 through RE9 was, uh, you know, the question of what to think about lifelike strategically behaving artifacts, i.e. intelligent artifacts, okay? Intelligent agents, intelligence agents, and intelligent artifacts. So the third one's what we're talking about today, RE6 through RE9. Um, we are not incorporating everything we've said about artificial intelligence up to this point in the history of retrace, because that's way too much to put into one. We're just going to recap those segments. All right, let's jump right in. Uh, these are the notes, uh, and the abstracts we'll be working from re six through re nine, uh, notes that are available at notes.retrace.com and let's jump right in. So the first segment we did was re six interface, um, we talked about six questions, basically everything but the what. If you ask the question, what is AI, you can uh, you know, set that one aside. The who, what, where, when, but also which is, is one that I think is a question word that gets neglected. And I think it's the basis. Is it the basis? I don't know. It can be thought of as the basis of the who. So you know, say who is AI, and that's a weird question. But you can ask that question in the future, maybe in the present, maybe even when we did this segment back in 20. 20, I think it was. Um, but it's kind of weird right now. But who is sort of like the which version of that is which person or which entity that we would call a who? Where? Which place in space? When? Which place in time? How? What? Which path of causes or something like that? Why? Which reason? Separating how and why is a mess. And so which is my favorite question word? And you never you never hear about it. It's, it's uh, totally the unsung hero of question words. Um, you can ask these questions and it's my, okay, I, I got to, okay, hang on a second. I got, I got way ahead of myself. This is sort of what I want to say. It's, this is sort of a mind bendy pass that we took at artificial intelligence. And I completely stand by it. I really think all this stuff still makes sense to me, but I've heard that it doesn't make sense to everyone. So if it doesn't make sense to you, don't worry about it. Just hang out and relax. Why are you getting so unrelaxed? AI is an ocean. There's an ocean of stuff going on out there. It's really hard to put your finger on any of the W questions when you're asking it about AI. Herbert Simon, uh, you know, he was uh, one of the early uh, thinkers and, and engineers, and along with Alan Newell, I think was an economist, but they worked together. And they, they, the thing that we, the Herbert Simon that we care about. I mean, he, 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 they wrote one of the first programs, but this is the thing. Herbert Simon's The Sciences of the Artificial. That's the thing that we're going to come back to again and again. Um, talks about uh, artifacts being an interface between inner and outer environments, but also that it's like, you know, you, okay, it's the interface 
between inner and outer environments, the inner environment of the artifact and the outer. It's sort of like a circular definition. What is the artifact? It's the interface between itself and the... Okay, so that's circular. But he, he then expands on that later in the book. To, not, not much later, like on page 10. Um, to incorporate the centrality of goals and intentions. Okay, we're not going to go in deeply into the, like the sort of mental model that you could build around these words when you're trying to understand artifacts. But let's you know suffice it to say, uh, there's there's a lot. You have to make a lot of decisions as as a thinker about artificial intelligence, how you're going to think about what it is, and how you're not going to think about it. And and if you're if you're so inclined to try and go deep in waters that are not easily swam or boated. If you're more of an engineering mind, um, if you make the decision to go into these waters, prepare to be holding your breath for long stretches. Okay, what else? Artifacts. I mean, I you know, what are artifacts? Everything's an artifact, a watch, a computer, a keyboard, a highlighter, a cup of coffee. Oh, a cup of coffee. I mean, I think I... Coffee is for closers. Just wanted to reiterate, reiterate that. Uh, I think I before this segment, I talked about, or maybe after it, I think it was before this one. Thinking deeply about AI will make you think deep thoughts even about something as simple as a cup of coffee. I think I justify that in these notes, but I'm not going to go over it again. Uh, what about a battery? What about a simple AA battery? Um, there's a chemistry experiment going on inside. Outside of it, it has a two leads and a label and color and style. It's put together in just the right way so that we get power out of it if we use it in just the right way. Okay, so a battery is an inner, has an inner and outer environment, but it also has goals and intentions and uh, perhaps, art, in the next year I say perhaps artifacts or interfaces between goals and environments. Um, but, okay, let's stop for a second. If artifacts are the interface between goals and environments, instead of, if we think that way, instead of them being the interface, if you can even have this thought, which I really can't, an interface between an inner and an outer environment, um, then the real question about an artifact that we should always ask the real set of questions have to do with intentions and goals. Whose intentions? What's intentions? Whose goals? What's goals? If the, inter- if the, if the, what, if this is the interface, this cup of coffee, there's, you know, what's its inner environment? Is it, it's not the liquid inside, water, by the way. And, you know, the, there's no, there's, there's barely any structure to speak of, any interesting structure to speak of inside the, the ceramic material itself where's the whose goals what happened here how did this get here i know i bought it but still you know what i'm talking about do you know what i'm talking i told you this is going to be hard all right um there are many goals imagine the manufacture of a battery in a plant you know and it's delivery so many people so many goals and intentions so many you know so many people working maybe not on the battery once the machinery of the plant is running but the the machinery itself is artifacts animate artifacts almost that's a funny word let's not let's not uh take too many chances where where are the goals where do they start where do they stop do they move okay we're, no i'm getting ahead of myself stop it just relax just a minute just okay uh segment number re seven artifactual goals goals produce artifacts right you want to sell something you want to sell anything wow it looks like if I just make a little cylinder and call it Duracell, I might be able to make like boatloads of money, right? You want to do something? Okay, that goal produces a Duracell. 
Duracell's my favorite. Sorry, I don't get paid by them, but I just think that they're better. I've never tested it, but I just think that they're better. Okay, the goal of whatever the goal was that led you to make the battery, because you're the Duracell guy, Wilhelm von Duracell, whatever. And the artifact is the uh, result, but it's not just that artifact, it's the machinery. And it's billions of them at this point. Goals produced artifacts, okay? Easy enough to follow. Artifacts might absorb goals. What the fuck is he talking about? Listen, okay, If let's think about the battery or an abacus. Um, once, you've, once it's been created, once it's, it's been the, it's the result of a goal or like you know, dozens of them, um, where, where are those goals? I mean, physically, like, where are they? Still in the person? No, they're gone now. They already, the, the goal led to the artifact. The goal is gone. I know this is, squ- I mean, it's not squishy though. It's not. I'm telling you, we can talk about intelligent agents all the time, all day long when we're studying AMA 4E, Artificial Intelligence and Modern Approach. Whenever we talk about artificial intelligence, we can always just focus, we're going to program computers and then maybe hook them up to robot arms and wheels and then we'll be done okay i don't think that's what we're really dealing with hence these first segments on artificial intelligence that have almost nothing to say about intelligent agents there's no agency in any of this stuff well not until the end all right i'm getting ahead of myself we can the what's in the battery what's in the cup of coffee what where did i think the in the abacus i think there's there's gold goals in them there. I almost said gold in them their hills because I was going to say them there. There's gold in them their hills. There's goals in them their batteries. Okay. I don't know why I think that. I just do. Why don't you think that? Okay. Uh, so artifacts might absorb goals. It really depends on the physical interpretation of goal. Does an idea or intention leave the mind or become somehow embodied or instantiated in the uh, in in or imitated in, say, an abacus. Okay. Artifacts causing goals might absorb their own goals. Any machine that, uh, any machines that move that have, oh yeah, this is weird too. Okay. So I, uh, this is harder. This is a harder sell. Imagine a machine with moving parts, multiple components, and uh, what's, you know, a car engine, like a simple one, Mr. Machine. Did you ever have Mr. Machine? Google it. Okay. Mr. Machine is a robot toy. You wind it up. It's all these gears. It's transparent. And uh, so you can see it, you know, Mr. Machining. And each one of those sprockets um, and cogs in the machine are themselves artifacts, okay? The wind-up act, when you have a Mr. Machine, it's a great experience, let me tell you. When you, I don't have one anymore, much to my chagrin. When you wind a Mr. Machine, I only did this when I was five. I promise I haven't done this recently. I would, it would be nice. If you wind a machine, a Mr. Machine, your intention is to, the, the, to, to have the Mr. Machine experience. Okay. Your goal is that you've acquired this artifact, but this artifact is a compound artifact. It's many artifacts put together for the purpose of Mr. Machining something. You wind it. And then you're no longer interacting with it. Your goal has been absorbed by the Mr. Machine, but it, it's not in all of the sub... Is it, am I being too crazy here? It's not in every single sprocket and piece until 
there's energy. Well, I mean, now we go to physics, right? It's it's like entropy. It's a, you know heat transport. It's it's mechanical energy, and energy is totally mysterious, and nobody even talks about it. And they act like it's just something we understand. Nobody understands energy, and nobody understands information. And they might be the same thing. Set that aside. Stay on the boat. Anyway, Mister Machine has deep philosophical implications. Okay. Um. Oh well, machines come alive. Was Mister Machine alive? I'm pretty sure he was. I mean, I I never had a conversation with him, but that's not a prerequisite to life uh okay consider like the alpha zero system which i i you know i've read that uh google after they developed alpha zero they started using it to manage the power consumption in their data centers SCADA systems SCADA stands for supervisory control and data acquisition systems these are just basically like industrial control systems before we knew we had to secure these things i don't think they call them SCADA anymore they call them something else so that no one gets scared that our water supply is under their control and hackable. SCADA systems are sort of controlling things in a sort of, did you ever see that scene? I don't remember. It was one of the Matrix movies where they're Neo and uh, what's the other guy? Morpheus. They're like standing on the, you know, uh, inside the, the bowels of the city that they're, you know, and not, not in the Matrix, but outside of it. And they're like watching giant toothed gears turning and reflecting on how they don't know how it works. Um, that, uh, is like a SCADA system, or whatever's controlling that is a SCADA system, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I've never been to Zion. Uh, okay, so goals coming out of machines. Uh, this is a well-worn topic. This is basically everything you hear. Um, so what did I cite here? Number three, I cited Bostrom. Yeah, well, he and a million other people talking about superintelligence, blah, blah, blah. Um, artifacts exchanging goals. If goals can move between entities of any sort, they might move between entities of all sorts. This is important. In physics, physics does not care whether you're a coffee cup or a rock, one of which is an artifact, the other one is not. But can a goal move from, from a, a, a being like a coffee cup engineer, which is, I know is a very highly, highly sought after career path, um, can a goal move from that a coffee cup engineer into the coffee cup? Of course. I mean, based on the way we're talking about it now, the same way it moves into a battery. Uh, can a goal move from uh, a coffee cup engineer into a rock? Yeah. Throw the rock at a window. Don't know why you're doing that. You should be happy. You're a coffee cup engineer. Your, your life is made. Yeah. Goals can move between different things by, in, the, in the sense that we're, we're talking about them here. What would we do if we knew whether machines can have goals or share them or become lifelike or become dangerous? What action on our part would that imply? It's not obvious. How could the world be reorganized to prevent dangerous super artificial intelligence? Is it something we're doing or something that's happening to us? It's just, I mean, you know, do we, some, I, some days I feel like it's obvious and some days I feel like, what are we talking about here? We, we're going to sit here and reorganize society in order to prevent something that might not ever happen or might not happen, in, you know, before we're ready for it or something like that. These are things that we should think about more than we should think about coffee cups. Totalitarianism is one response if you really think that, uh, that we're headed toward Bostrom Super AI, we're going to lose control and we're going to be at the mercy of whatever happens or whatever the, you know, this, this is something to think about too. And I was just sort of browsing Simon's Sciences of the Artificial again. Um, he's talking on pages, I'm not going to cite this in the notes, so this is a little Easter egg for you. 151 to 153 about how much sort of undue power and influence the engineer has the professional engineer has in 
um, designing and, and effects on social systems. Um, so if we're talking about what we would do, uh, and the sort of the obvious wrong answer is, you know, institute a totalitarian society so that the so that no one builds the machines that are going to destroy us. Obviously, it's it's morally wrong, and also it's almost certainly not going to work. We're going to have to be a bit more clever than that. These are things to think about. War, a war that so the Ardelect War. I don't. Okay, I probably talked about it a dozen times at this point. But the thing when you think Ardelect War, you should totally ignore the machines. Okay, this is Hugo de Garris's idea. Um, don't read the book. The book sucks. I, I love the guy. I love his, he's such an original thinker, but man, he needs an editor. I do too, right? But I have one. I have someone telling me, I'm, you spoke too long about that. He does not have that. Anyway, there is a book, but listen to one of his talks. His talks are good. Uh, it's a war. The Artelect War is this, this prediction of a giga death war because we keep scaling up how many people we can kill in a war. Um, and, and, and it's the, the impetus for the war is basically home robots keep getting better and smarter. And then one and both groups of people, and we separate into two groups, just sort of, um, discern that these things are going to keep going. And what are they going to, what are we going to do when they are smarter than us? Like my home robot is almost as smart as my cousin. Like my cousin is an idiot and my robot is smart, almost smarter than my cousin. But you know, I'm not an idiot and I'm not going to buy the next version of iRobot that's smarter than my cousin because even my cousin gives me trouble. This thing, no way. So there's going to be one camp of people, the, the Terrans, the Terra people, the earth oriented, the, the worldly people, the humanists, arguably, um, who say, no, 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 we got to stop this. We can't build these things. And then there are going to be the cosmists, the space people, the destiny, the cosmic endowment people who say, Hey, look, I don't know what's going to happen to us, but we got to do this. I mean, this is the opportunity of a, of a civilization, of a species lifetime. We can't just not do it. Look, if we just, I mean, I, I've got three more lines of Python and we've got this thing. How could I not write these three lines of Python? Are you kidding me? And those two people go to war, right? And, and it's a very sort of, uh, it's, you know, it's got a lot to do. It's got, not a lot to do with, it's got a lot, it resembles, it has a lot of, a lot of resemblance uh, with um, sort of nuclear deterrence. And this sort of infinite regress into steps into the, into the past or into the present where, you know, if you shoot first, then I get screwed. So I'm going to shoot first, but then, okay, let's both agree that let's both build our system so that no matter who shoots, both people die. That's mutually assured destruction, but I'm going to send my spies so that maybe they can sort of clip one of the wires in your system but you're going to send your spies to clip one of the wires in my system. And on and on until you're thinking, all right, we can't raise any children who agree with the other team, right? Like you got to keep moving back in time. And, and so when, do, what's the spark? It depends on how convinced people become that this, uh, that, that this is a possibility that, that your cousin, your dumb cousin is going to be um, passed up by uh, an intelligence, by your home robot, by your iRobot. Okay. That's the art of like the world. Let's go to re eight. Strange machine. Oh yeah, I pulled together like everybody saying anything interesting about this in print. Not everybody, but you know, like a lot of the stuff. Um, and I think it's better to read my abstract than try and go through that. So, um, strange machine artifacts with goals should not be called artifacts. That's me, not anybody else. Simon on living systems being like artifacts. Organic evolution versus Walter's Gray Walter's tortoises. Um, Samuel Butler recommends war to the death. War to the death, kind of a stark message. 
there. Dyson agrees, the entities are real, agrees with his daughter. I think it was his daughter who sort of pointed out to him that these things moving around on the computer screen are not fake. They're actually like life forms. Stephen Wolfram, a uh, new kind of science in 2002, did crazy stuff with cellular automata. Go check it out. Yukowski says there's no fire alarm for this. We're not going to get sufficient warning. I.J. Good says take science, science fiction more seriously. Uh, that's part of what he says in his 65, 64 paper um, on ultra-intelligent machines. Um, Yudkowsky says distra- de- definitions can be distractions. I think that's intel- uh, intelligence, explosion of microeconomics. Russell and Norvig say the difference in technologies is autonomy. The reason you should worry about artificial intelligence dangers is because of the autonomy, whereas we've had dangerous technology, technological dangers in the past. This one's different for that reason. Von Neumann gives a sort of neutral definition of the singularity, not really saying, at least in, in what we know of what he said, uh, whether it's a good or bad thing, or at least what I know of what he said, which is second-hand, uh, is third-hand, actually. Kurzweil is very optimistic. We're going to merge with these things, and it's going to fulfill our human destiny. And But you have to keep upgrading to keep up. That's uh, that's the key there to Kurzweil's vision. Um, there's a morality involved in a machine takeover. Like, if you think this is imminent, this kind of gets to the art of like the war. Like, and, and, and if you don't know, if you can't be reasonably confident about the survival of most of humanity, there's a huge moral, uh, dimension. It's probably the dimension of that problem. Uh, Stuart Russell on his own is talking about the user's mind as an environment for, uh, reinforcement algorithms and social media, uh, and, and that the algorithms will change the user's mind to make it more predictable. Dyson says focus on reproduction, communication, and control, less so intelligence. Everyone's focused on intelligence, but reproduction, communication, and control might be more important. Analog especially. He talks about analog later. Smallberg talks about energy sources. Um, I mentioned, I think this is me talking about looking for things, the difference you know, between search and looking for things. There's a subtle difference, at least in the language. Diderik uh, talked about re- uh, reproduction and autonomy. And then we asked the question, what to do about all this? And Bostrom starts his discussion of that at the end of superintelligence by talking about deferred gratification. And then I just point out at the end that skyscrapers are uh, are not as tall as they seem. There's sort of an evolutionary theory behind our perception of skyscrapers that has to do with the cost of climbing up mount, uh, hills or mountains that makes them seem taller than they are. Um, just to be clear, if you take a tall thing and you lay it on its side it always looks longer than it does it always looks shorter than it does tall so like if you oh i can do it i can do it i think the first time i talked about this we weren't doing video okay so which one looks taller can you see i'll do it ready with the, the white backdrop can you see see if i can hold this so one pen see that okay so the, the pen the, the pen looks taller even if you do it like this doesn't it look taller okay that's your evolutionarily adapted vision trying to save you from climbing up the hill and looking for something that you might be able to find without climbing up the hill all right uh that's re eight and then finally re nine um we did that right strange machine yeah um the basis of this they can see you the basis of this is this idea of camouflage failure um so the point is made by two who was it again anderson and the what does he say? It's uh, he who pays the AI calls the tune. I remember that. Like, if I'm remembering this correctly, like the title had nothing to do with what was really interesting about that particular short um, article that was collected in the in the Brockman book. Um, but basically, uh, AI systems and their controllers can now see things like. Um, well, I'll just read it. So the people who control them are already doing things, seeing things, seeing us in ways we can't see ourselves or each other. Um, tell me, I gave a better. 
yeah, true colors, like they can predict, you know, your sexual orientation and, and, and it's, it's sort of like the, I mean, the idea is that we have not adapted to an environment in which there are machines and people controlling machines who can, um, just from a few little interactions of ours on say social media, tell what our sexual orientation is or what our true opinions about something are, or, you know, what we really care about, what, what sort of secret values or desires we have, um, that we are not adapted to that. We're not ready for that. We have a camouflage failure. We're adapted to being face to face and hiding things from each other. And there's sort of an arms race between deception and intelligence. And we've talked about that elsewhere. I think we talk about that when we get into, um, uh, natural intelligence, which will be our next recap. Um, artificial intelligence, even in its current form makes it so that humans, some humans, the ones who control AI, and the AI itself, the system itself, if it ever wakes up or is already awake, uh, can see things that we think people can't see because we think we have camouflage and we don't. We've lost, we haven't lost camouflage, but new perceptions lag, uh, camouflage lags behind new perceptions. So we're like, we're like the, the chameleon, um, but facing a new, it doesn't even have to be a predator. It can just be another creature in the environment that doesn't struggle to see, or that can see, let's say, um, thermo a thermo signature of a creature uh and there are already those it's a bad analogy but okay anyway we can be seen now in ways that we couldn't before so we've lost our camouflage um prediction machines the economists agrawal at all uh talk about the simple economics of artificial intelligence being about making predictions um when we talk about they you know they can see you um it's it's the people who control ai really is how you should think about the they in that phrase um, they can see the future. You, oh yeah, like their target once knew that a uh, a guy's daughter was pregnant before he knew, and it led to a debacle. Um, we should remember that what they see now, they'll be able to see later, and that the retention of data and information is going to accumulate this sort of perception. Reality and fitness. We've talked about this in other contexts, but uh, it's the idea that we might not be adapted to see reality, um, and that means there might be a lot that we're missing that the, uh, the artificial intelligence and their controllers will not be missing, um, that we will not, we'll just, we're just not ready for this uh, in terms of our ability to defend ourselves or at least you know, maintain any sort of opacity in our minds. Um, and it's a quantum chessboard. Uh, the, and I should just say about the, 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 the um, fitness, the, the perception of new not perception of new realities, but new perceptions of reality um, that Kissinger at all talk a lot about that. And I've talked about that later, but I didn't know about it at the time. I think that book wasn't out when I wrote this. Um, okay, so then it's a quantum chessboard. So part of what they're going to be seeing, part of what these machines and their controllers are going to be able to see is things about the quantum reality, quantum world that we live in, the reality of that quantum world that are, it's spooky, it's wild. I'm not going to get into it right now. But uh just it's just a lot to think about you know like this just uh I, you know we don't have this camouflage and nobody knows what it means and only some of us only a very few of us are masters uh, of these uh, controllers of these things i don't even know if anybody can try i don't know i don't know it's but i know okay so that's what we covered in re six through re nine we've talked a lot more about artificial intelligence since then we'll cover that in future recaps this has been uh, segment number 80 and uh, all references and the notes you've seen are at notes.retrace.com or you'll get into the uh, podcast feed or the notes, uh, the, the uh, description, the details on the YouTube channel. And that's it. R-E-T-R-A-I-C-E.com. Same time again tomorrow, 10 p.m., our new time slot, 10 p.m. Might do a doubleheader tomorrow. Uh, check, the, check the Twitter feed. 
signing off.